There are two scripture readings today, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. The first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, verses 15 through 20. That is on page 179 in the Old Testament in your pew Bible, and it is in the um, large print version, page 233. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you, shall, that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give you to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The second reading is from the book of Matthew. It's chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. It's on page 4 of your pew Bible. We're on page 5 in the large print version. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, 
You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. There is no doubt that society gives us lots and lots of choices. We have too many choices. But then if you're a Christian, you only have one choice. And your choice is God Almighty. And the choir says to God this morning, stand by me. And that's the voice of every Christian saying to God every moment of every day, stand by me. And we have a God who is willing to stand by each one of us. I remember coming to the States and the first time I went into a grocery store to get a box of cereal and to get some bread, I saw too many choices. Now you're talking about a guy who grew up in a community when you go into the supermarket, the grocery store, you have one or two choices. And so to come to the States with so many choices, you really don't know what to do. Choices. And sometimes you have to make a choice. There is no doubt about that. You have to make a choice. You have a family at home, and every year you sit with the family, where do we want to go this year for vacation? I grew up in a home with three boys, my kids. And every, every time we sit around and say, where are we going for vacation this summer? Uh, of course, the kids will suggest, but mom and dad's choice always win. And we go and enjoy. And then you come home tired. And then you can rest. It's like a young family with three children. They were going on a trip to see grandma and to see their parents. And they were going to go on this trip facing a long plane ride. And since there were children among the five people in this family, they had to pre-board. So, of course, they went into the plane and sat down. As soon as the family had settled into their seat, the three-year-old son asked, Are we going to take off now, Dad? 
His dad said, no, not yet. About 30 seconds later, the boy asked, are we going to take off now, dad? No, his dad said, we won't take off until all of these people are seated on the plane. With that, the dad pointed to the long line of people slowly making it its way onto the plane. Then the father made an attempt to end the discussion. He said, when all of these people have gotten on the plane and are sitting down, we will take off. So, don't keep asking the same question. The boy looked at the steady flow of people crowding onto the plane. He thought for a few moments, and then he asked his dad, Dad, are all these people going to my grandma's house? We live in a society where we need immediate gratification. Everything should be done now. I'm seated in the plane, we should take off. We are conditioned to be high on expectations, but short on patience. And many times we've demonstrated that, either in the grocery store with a long line at the cashier's table, or waiting for transportation somewhere, you know, we've all demonstrated some impatience one time or the other. I wonder how many of us are willing to submit to the fact that we can spend some time and energy and some patience to develop a meaningful relationship with God. Because if we want God to stand by us, we need to be there with God. God is always ready. God is always willing to stand by us. But at times we don't have the patience to wait for God, who is there ready for us. You see, my friends, God had a meaningful relationship with the children of Israel. And from our passage from Deuteronomy this morning, God reminds Israel... And in reminding Israel, God is reminding us of the crucial decision, the vital choice every one of us faces every single day of our lives. We face a choice every single day of our life. Do we choose light or darkness? Do we choose life or do we choose death? Do we choose to just cope with life? Or to really embrace life, enjoy the every moment that God has given us? Do we choose to throw in the towel and quit on life? Or do we choose to celebrate life? Because every day, especially with good health, God gives us a reason to celebrate life. The Christian faith 
is so helpful to each of us. Because the Christian faith teaches us that God loves us. You open the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you would find reasons to know that God loves us. And that's what the Christian faith teaches us, my friends. God loves us. Also, that God cares for us. The God we serve, the God we sing our hymns of praise too. The God in whom we call and say, stand by us. He does not only love us, but he cares for us and about us. The Christian faith teaches us that God values each one of us. In the eyes of God, we have worth. We are precious. God values each one of us. The Christian faith teaches us that God treasures us. Oh, my friends, how good it is to know that he who created us loves us, cares for us and about us, values us, and yes, treasures us. So because of God's love and grace and his presence with us, we can choose to live life. We can choose to live a joyous life. Every day, find a reason to be happy. Find a reason to be happy, my friends. I mean, you wake up in the morning and you have backache, you have pain, but in the midst of all that, find a reason to be joyful. Find a reason to be grateful. We are the grateful people. We demonstrate an attitude of gratitude every day because our God demands not only our presence, but our gratitude. It is not difficult to say thank you, God, every day. It is not difficult. You know, on Wednesdays when I meet with the, with the little ones for chapel, and you're teaching them how to pray. Because I said to them, how many of you prayed last night before you went to bed? And few of them will raise their hands. And then I will say, how many of you know how to say thank you? Because you need to thank your mom, your dad, you need to thank your teachers, you need to thank people for what they do for you, especially if you appreciate what they do for you. So I say you can start with three words. Three words. Thank you, God. And we all repeat those three words. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then I say, you can add to those three words. Thank you, God, for my mom and dad. Thank you, God, for my friends. Thank you, God, for my teachers. Thank you, God, for Pastor Gus. That brings some chuckle. But you know, you can add to those three words. And that is the beginning of your prayer life. The Christian faith teaches us 
And the Christian cares about us, God values us, and God treasures us. And the Christian faith challenges us to choose. And the choice is, my friends, to live a life that is joyful, to live a life that is grateful to God. The Christian faith tells us to live an abundant life. We are those people. Abundant life, victorious life. The Christian faith teaches us to live a meaningful life. Jesus Christ says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's for us who are Christians. This is precisely what Moses is saying to the Israelites. And indeed, to us. In this powerful passage recorded in Deuteronomy 30, God's grace and God's power and with God's help, Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. For 400 years they've been in Egypt as slaves. And if you read the narrative in Exodus, God says in the third chapter of Exodus, I have seen and heard the cries of my people Israel, and I have come to deliver them. And Moses was chosen as that deliverer to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses has led them through the wilderness. And now Moses has brought them to the brink of the promised land. And at this point, Moses see to the children of Israel. Moses says, see. I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, his decrees and his ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. Oh, it is so simple. It is so simple, my friends. What a bold challenge to all of us, followers of the Most High God. Obedience to the commandments of God. Obedience to the will of God. And obedience to the person of God is absolutely necessary for divine blessing. We have to obey God, says Moses, to the children of Israel. If you expect God to bless you, be in his presence and obey his commandments. Obey his commandments. Yes, life, life is not smooth all the time. We agree. But obedience to God is just one requirement. Just one. God says it. I believe it. And I will try to do it. That's all Moses was saying to the children of Israel. Choose life. Choose prosperity. By obeying God's commandment. You know, I know a family who has experienced difficulty. And at times when we're experiencing difficulty, you, you, you doubt. But this family is a reality. Is God there with me? But this family has experienced difficulty. The husband was laid off from his job. And times 
were difficult. They carry on like this for several months. Money was so tight that all they could afford to eat for dinner every night was beans and cornbread. They wondered how they would ever make it. Yet, yet, their faith in God was still strong. No matter what the circumstances of life, if you believe, continue to believe. If you trust him, continue to trust him. Oh yes, in the midst of beans and cornbread every night, their faith in God was still strong. Eventually, the husband got another job, a very good job. A couple of years have passed since those difficult days, but the family has not forgotten those difficult days. Most of all, they have not forgotten how God provided for them. They did not forget God's provision. They did not forget God's provision. Even now, with prosperity in front of them, the family eat beans and cornbread for dinner once a month. Not every night, but once a month. They eat beans and cornbread. It is a memorial supper for them. It is a way for them to remember God's faithfulness to them in the past. Oh, my friends, because by remembering the past, they are better able to see the blessings they now enjoy. And they are able to look to the future with a great sense of hope. If we are tempted to doubt God's presence, if we are tempted to doubt God's provision in our lives, we too will do well to remember, to remember the past. Because every one of us in this sanctuary at this moment have had a blessing from God one time or the other. Remember that. Remember his presence with you. Remember his power. Remember his provision. Remember that, my friends. And to the future of us in the past, we will be able to respond to the present and to the future of God's goodness towards us. Oh, Moses was saying to the children of Israel, all you have to do is to obey the commandments of God. The children of Israel were to remember the past and how God continued to be with them. And so Moses was again able to challenge them saying, but if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Moses makes clear what is required for their choice to be life. They are to love God, walk in God's way, and observe God's commandments. Moses 
command that the Israelites love God as a requirement. And it is therefore much more, that love for God is much more than an attitude. That love for God is a call to action. It is a call to action. Moses is saying to them, God's love in action delivered the Hebrews from Egypt. He loved them. He came to deliver them. Is it not the same for those of us who are not Hebrews? That many years ago, God came down because God loves us to deliver us also? What does the Bible say? God so loved the world that he gave. What does the Bible say? It was while we were yet sinners that Jesus died for us. It is that love of God. Moses says to the Israelites, because of God's love for you, he delivered you from slavery. Israel's love for God is also to be an active verb to be demonstrated through their obedience to God's commandments. If you love God, obey his commandments. Because God loved you, he delivered you from slavery in Egypt, says Moses. My friends, how difficult would we say it is to trust and to obey God? How difficult is that? To trust and to obey God. Every family I know, especially with kids, every one of them have rules. We all have rules at home. I, I remember we have three boys growing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we have rules. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, no television that is over 30 minutes. In other words, each of you have one show, and that show should last just 30 minutes. It is your choice. You choose the show you want to watch. On Friday, there is no limit to what you watch, as long as you finish your homework. So on Friday, they can stay till 12 midnight. But on school days, they have to go to bed at 8.30. Rules. And we said to the kids, if you wake up in the morning and you say you are not feeling well, guess what? You're still going to school. And if the school call us, we'll come and pick you up. And we'll take you to the doctor. And if they give you medication and you're coming home, you eat something, you take your medication, you go to your room, and you go to bed. No electronics, no TV. Guess what? You are not well. Okay? And guess what? We didn't have a lot of, I'm not feeling well in the morning. Because they know what the requirements were. Well, I grew up, it was nine of us. My brothers and sisters, nine of us, 
Of course we have rules. And let me tell you, our mother did not talk about the implementation of those rules. You break them, you get punished. Period. So we try not to break the laws. We try not to break the laws. Now, if you know me, I was the most obedient child. If you turn it around. I was the most obedient child, my brothers and sisters. Therefore, I got more of the punishment than my brothers and sisters. But there are rules. And that's what Moses is saying to the children of Israel. Trust God. Obey God. Do we really trust God? That's the question, my friends. Do we really trust God? I do trust my God. And every day I pray for grace to trust him more. Do we really trust God? The story is told about a young man who spent his junior year of college on an exchange program overseas. It was a time of great change for this young man. He lived in a new and different culture. Food was different. The people were different. The language was different. The school was different. Even his friends, his circle of friends changed. Everything was different. The only constant in the boy's life in that different culture was the presence of God. God was always there with him. That's the only constant for that young man. The presence of God in his life. As a result, my friends, he developed a sense of closeness to God that had never been there before. Ultimately, he felt God was calling him into the ministry of the church. He felt God had always been present in his life, but it took being in a foreign country for him to recognize his need for God. God is there with you. Every minute of the day, as God was there for the children of Israel, everywhere they went, if we will take the time to pause and to reflect on our lives, we too will see God's presence. We too will see God's presence. Just take the time. We are so busy that at times we have no time in our day to just reflect on the presence of God and embrace God and say to God, yes, I know you are with me. I know you love me. I know you care about me. I know you value me. I know you are there with me and for me. Just, just, just pause a bit. Take the time and feel God because God is faithful, my friends. And it is that faithfulness of God that brings him nearer to us every moment of the day. God is consistent in pursuit of us. We must respond to God's will for us. 
Only then can we experience a relationship with God that is meaningful. So this morning, my friends, are we ready and are we willing to trust God? That's the question for us this morning. Are you willing, ready to trust God every minute of every day? Oh, me, I trust him every minute of every day. And sometimes when I give testimonies to people about my God, the God that we all share, I say, look, I trust God so much to the extent that I have concluded that for me, he is the last minute God. In other words, my God does not give me everything I ask for when I ask for it. No. He plays with me because he has a sense of humor. And he says to me, I'm there for you, Gus. And at the nick of time, the last minute, everything goes through. So I call my God the last minute God. He's there. And sometimes when I pray, I say, God, I know you are there. And I acknowledge the fact that I'm not the only one he's dealing with. But I know he's there. Do you trust God this morning? Are we ready and willing to obey God's commands? Those are the two things Moses put in the, front, in the presence of the children of Israel. You trust God, you obey God. Church of the cross, do we trust God? Do we obey God? Do you know that God loves you? That God cares about you? Each, each and every one of us. His love is un unconditional. His love is unlimited, just for you and just for me. This morning and always, my friends, remember, you are loved by God, you are cared about, because in his presence, you are precious. You are unique. You are wonderfully made. Do you trust him this morning? Ask yourself that question. Do I trust God? We have a faithful God. Even when we are faithless. Go home. And put your trust in God. And pray every day. That God will give you grace. To trust him more. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. The trusting people of God say. Amen. Amen.